0: Is your team not performing well? Is morale low and turnover high? Are you falling further behind the competition? I'm here to help. I'm your host, Shaney, and this is The Leadership Show, where business strategy and culture finally meet, and we make the long-awaited shift from rhetoric to results. I promise I'm not your typical boring leadership consultant, and I will help you get your shift together. Let's do this. Hey, shifters! welcome to another episode of The Leadership Show. Many of you have shifted to work-from-home arrangements. Some of you now for close to a month since we first had COVID-19 creeping onto U.S. soil. Well, I have been working virtually or remotely for over 13 years now. And in fact, I used to run a company that when I became the CEO of it, we transitioned from being a brick and mortar company to an all highly distributed organization with employees all over the country in Canada and even a few in Europe. So I'd like to share some of the wisdom that I developed during that time with those of you for whom working from home is kind of a new thing, you know, because the problem is not everybody knows like what are the best practices for working from home. You're, you've been used to being in the office for so long. So I have come up with six tips, six tips, <laughs> uh, to make shifting to working from home hopefully easier and as productive as it can possibly be for, uh, for, for teams and organizations. And it's important because People are confused and maybe even ill-equipped to be productive when they're working from home. I know you may be thinking, oh, we got this covered, I know how to do this. Well, do you? Does your entire team know? Do your clients know? Do your vendors know? Do other cr- the cross-functional colleagues with whom you work really know? I venture to guess that there is definitely going to be some gaps in the knowledge and how people approach the work from home situation and so these six tips should be universal to help anyone have a dialogue a productive dialogue about what needs to be done or done differently now that this is the new normal for the time being okay so tip number one for shifting Smoothly to work from home is set a clear communication protocol with everyone you work with on a regular basis. So that would be your team, your clients, your vendors, cross-functional partners, and other colleagues, right? First of all, you need to decide what tools are you going to use to communicate for which purposes? And frankly, we should be doing this even when we're working in the office, but it's even more important when we're working remotely so that there is alignment and consistency with what communication tools are being used. So for example, when are we gonna use email versus text message? So for example, is text message or Slack messenger what we're gonna use when things are timely and we want a response right away and email is for things where that people can take a little bit longer? And frankly, if it is, what is the expected response time on the team to reply to an email? When are we gonna use voicemail? What, what, What about the other cloud tools that either were being used, but maybe not consistently in the office, but maybe it's even more imperative that we use them now? And perhaps there's even some tools that have been introduced since there's been more proliferation of working from home. So whatever the tools are on your team, align with everybody what tool you're going to use, what the context is, and what the expected response time is. And importantly, don't forget about the good old-fashioned tool, the telephone, because sometimes doing things electronically, you lose you lose so much, right? And if it's going to be more than a couple of back and forths over email or instant messenger, pick up the fricking phone and talk to people. It will actually expedite the whole situation. Some other things to think about in terms of standardizing communication. If your team isn't already doing this, and again, you really should be, but no time like the present to button things up just a little bit for your collaboration and knowledge sharing tools. Do you have very clear naming protocols and filing systems so that people can find things when you're trying to share them remotely? Okay, tip number two for shifting more seamlessly to virtual work situation, professionalize those virtual meetings. It boggles my mind how after all of these years of doing business over Google Hangouts or zoom or Microsoft teams or whatever the platform is how many people don't take virtual meetings as seriously as they would take a meeting that you showed up to in a conference room we have to make sure that these meetings are not a waste of people's time so first of all do them on video the 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 connection that you have by at least being able to see each other and sort of virtually look each other in the eyes is better than over the phone, and it prevents people from multitasking, right? If people are just on the phone and they have you on mute, you don't know whether they're doing dishes or walking the dog, versus if they're on camera, they've got to be more present. Okay, Uh, the second thing in terms of professionalizing virtual meetings, everyone, please take ownership of your own technology. Log in early, a few minutes early, to test your audio and your video, and to install any updates, because inevitably there are updates, if not daily, at least every few days. And you don't wanna be delaying the start of the meeting because people are still running their updates and so forth. When you're on camera, Be professional about it, right? Be relatively centered, you know, don't have your head partially cut off or don't be in the corner, right? Make it professional, have decent lighting. And the best tip I can give you for lighting is don't be incredibly backlit. Um, Be conscious of your environment, right? Is it super noisy? Do you have kids or pets or Other sort of distracting background noise that are going to interfere with people's ability to focus in the meeting. If so, find a different place to have your meeting, a different place in your home. This goes without saying for any meeting, but of course, critical to keep virtual meetings on track. Make sure you have a clear agenda. Everyone knows what it is beforehand ideally and reiterated at the beginning of the meeting so that people know what to expect and can come prepared to those virtual meetings. Encourage participation, right? Don't just let the same old people talk. If you are leading a virtual meeting, solicit input from everybody on the meeting. Call on people whose voices haven't been heard yet. That's one way to make it engaging. Because making an engagement is extremely important to keep people present and focused and paying attention on these virtual meetings. So use the features that the technology has made available to us, right? There's whiteboards and there's breakout rooms and there's, uh, you know, obviously pens and things that you can do to bring everybody to collaborate on screen and, and add there's no reason not to pull those those tools in and to take questions in the chat room and so forth do creative things like if you've got people calling into your video meeting from all over the world put a map of the world up on the screen as people are entering and have people like put a dot where they are in the world and then it's kind of cool for everybody to see like oh you know we've got people calling in from Europe and the Middle East and maybe Brazil and Canada and California, right? So it, it, it just, again, it's engaging and it'll make the meetings more fun than if we're not intentionally creating engaging ways for, for people to show up. Um, have fun. That's part of engagement, right? Like it's not a waste of time to give people a quick virtual tour of your home office or to show them what's out the window if you've got a nice view or something like that. You know, although we don't want the pets making noise, introduce your pets. Maybe if they happen to be around your cats or your dogs or your goldfish, introduce them to the virtual participants. It'll just, again, create that connection that is so important and and, and needed especially during high-stress times like we're going through now. And then at the end of the meeting, make sure to corral everybody back up and verbalize, okay, what are the key takeaways of the meetings? What are the commitments that were made? And or the next steps, who's responsible for them, and what's the timing so that everybody leaves with the same marching orders? So that's tip number two about virtualizing or professionalizing your virtual meetings. Tip number three, don't forget your corporate culture. Bring it with you to your house and to all of your interactions with colleagues and clients. Like don't forget what's your mission, vision, and values. You should operate accordingly regardless of where. Number two, in terms of bringing your culture, like sometimes you're gonna need to redefine what the behaviors of the culture look like if you're not in the office together. And it may be necessary to redesign your alliance. And what that means is to co-create the rules of the road with the folks that you're working with most frequently. So if you're a leader, make sure you're doing this with all of your direct reports. If you're on a cross-functional team, somebody needs to voice this and make sure it happens when all of a sudden the team are collaborating remotely the kinds of questions that you should be asking each other and coming to some conclusions about so that everybody is on the same page. What do you want to expect from each other when we're meeting virtually? How are we going to stay accountable in when we can't just show up at someone's desk and, and ask, where does something stand? What obstacles do we anticipate while working from home or in this virtual environment, and how do we want to approach them when they arise? How do we want to handle any conflict when it comes up, right? We can't pull people into a conference room or take them out for coffee right now to deal with conflict the way we might if we were still in the office. So how do we want to handle that? We certainly don't want to delay it. So figure out, again, what are the new rules for the road there? And what other things do people need to stay focused Engaged as 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 anxiety free as possible and as productive as possible. And lastly, keep the team spirit high and don't feel like you have to do that alone if you're a leader. Solicit input from your team members and say, hey folks, like what are some other ways that we can maintain our esprit decor today, this week, this month, right? Because everyone can come up with great ideas along those lines. Idea number 4 for shifting smoothly to virtual work arrangements. Coach and be coachable. Everyone can coach. You can coach your directs, you can coach your peers, you can coach clients even and you can even coach up to your managers or supervisors. And if if you don't know how to coach, you can certainly Ping me offline and I am happy to teach you the formal methods that I teach people to coach in the workplace effectively, but let me just give you a quick and dirty way to coach people that I call the four what's. It's essentially, okay, what's going on? As in, what's the situation and or what's your desired outcome? Okay, so you're just kind of est- establishing the topic, right? And what the goal is for the topic. What number two? What's currently happening? What's the current status, right? So now you're figuring out what's happened up until this point. The third what is, what could you do, right? You want to get the other person to brainstorm about what their options are. What could they do in an ideal world? What could they do if they were in charge, right? Get them to solve their own problems, which is essentially the definition of coaching. And what number four is to choose from the ideas they had in brainstorming. What will you do? What will you commit to? And by when will you do it? Okay, so what's happened? What, what do you, you wanna talk about or what's your desired outcome? What's happening? What could you do? What will you do? And by when? Those are the four what's. Anybody can use them to coach anyone pretty much on just about any topic. So try it and let me know how it goes you should also be coachable right it's more imperative than ever to be communicating and to be giving people feedback both positive and constructive about how we're operating in this new normal right let people know what's working what's not working what you'd like to see them do differently and give it to them in, in a formal professional way. And for those of you who still haven't availed yourself of my feedback class, which is uh, a seven module self-paced online school of feedback. And it's called feedback is the third currency, how to turn feedback into profits. Um, I'm going to offer a 50% discount. If you are listening to this podcast uh, to, go ahead and download this class use the discount code brave new world and you'll get 50% off of my feedback class okay so that's brave new world and you'll get half off tip number 5 manage your energy and if you're leading people make sure your team are managing their energy that means take breaks throughout the day 90 minutes is the the conventional wisdom about how often human beings need to take a quick break. And that can just be get up from the desk, take a walk around the house, get a glass of water, use the bathroom and come back, right? So we need to take those 90 minute short breaks every 90 minutes. Get outside and get some fresh air. It's not healthy to be inside all day. I mean, luckily the weather has improved for most of us. So get outside. Breathe some, some fresh air. You might even meditate outside. If you're not meditating outside, meditate inside for a few minutes before you start to work and maybe once in the afternoon when you need to reset your energy level and meditate in a way that's meaningful for you. Like if you're not the person that's going to sit there cross-legged and, you know, close your eyes and meditate, meditate in a way that resonates for you. That could just be uh you know breathing consciously for a few minutes spending 10 minutes doing jumping jacks i don't care what it is but getting your brain out of the monotony of you know sort of the the task focused trap that, that we get caught in throughout the day go out for lunch or at least have lunch away from your computer okay hopefully you all stocked up on things if you're quarantined Go into the kitchen, sit down without your laptop and without your phone, have a peaceful meal, nourish your body, eat plenty of protein to keep the energy level up while you're working from home, and stay hydrated. I know it may not be as fun to drink regular water out of your refrigerator than it is to have like the fruity water or the kombucha that are in fancy break rooms throughout corporations. But staying hydrated is a key to managing your energy. Last but not least, tip number six for shifting seamlessly, smoothly to those work from home situations. Be in a spirit of continuous improvement, right? You may not get this right out of the gate. So try something, see how it works, and pivot accordingly right so it's just like anything that's new we're going to launch it we're going to get or we're going to pilot it we're going to get feedback we're going to iterate and launch it again and do that until we figure out what works which is part of the reason why feedback is so important right until we've got the right habits formed for ourselves and for our teams we want to check in with our colleagues with ourselves and be super honest about what's working about working from home, what's not working, what do we want to try doing differently, and then realign on, on what that looks like. Okay, so to recap, Shamie's six best practices for working from home. Number one, set a clear communication protocol with everyone you do business with for every mode of communication, along with response times. Please, please, please professionalize your virtual meetings and hold people accountable to showing up prepared and in a professional way on camera. Number three, remember to incorporate your culture into the way you do business even though it seems a little unusual. Number four, coach others and be coachable yourself. And that includes feedback. Number five, manage your energy. Number six, continuously improve. So let me know how this little virtual work playbook uh, is working for you. And of course, be sure to wash your hands frequently and don't touch your face and stay away from groups larger than 10 and do all the things that you know our leaders and the CDC recommends to stay healthy and safe during this time of the coronavirus. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Leadership Show. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics, ping me at shanie at the Thanks again.